The Conti ransomware gang has become notorious and a mainstream name in the cybercriminal operator space. They've been innovative, calculating, and ruthless in their approach and execution. For example, they were early adopters of what is now considered common practices, such as ransomware as a service model, the double extortion technique, only going big game hunting, and paying off insiders on the breach response team to have asymmetrical information during ransom negotiations. With the release of the Conti leaks, which are still leaking, by the way, we have gotten even more of a look behind the curtain of how Conti manages their operations. To say that you should understand the Conti gang and your organization should be aware of how to protect and respond to ransomware attacks cannot be overstated. To quantify it, we just saw this morning on First Things First, a survey of 5,600 international businesses found two-thirds of them had had a ransomware incident in 2021. 20, two-thirds. It seems hopeless, right? Well, that's why InfoSec is the job it is and why we take the challenge head on. We're gluttons for punishment, right? So what are we going to do? Well, I'm very excited to welcome to Simply Cyber Live today, Dave Klein of Simulate. Dave's a friend of Simply Cyber, and you may remember him as a guest with our Can't Patch All the Things episode that was wildly successful. We're going to be discussing a lot today, including how Conti does reconnaissance and picks their targets, Conti's favorite, favorite tactics, techniques, and procedures, the glorious TTPs, and how we can use offensive testing techniques in our enterprises to safely simulate Conti attacks so we can find and plug those holes before the Conti gang does. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Simply Cyber Live, bringing cybersecurity industry experts on to share best practices, tips, and their experiences with you. We're here every Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And if you're coming from Jax's Outpost Gray stream, which I know some of you are, drop a hashtag Outpost Gray in chat to let me know. Love, love the support and love Outpost Gray. I'm your host, Gerald Osher. And over the next hour, we're going to be talking with Dave Klein about the Conti Ransomware Group and their TTPs. We love you engaging with the show, so chat away. I already see the chat's counter pinging up, so that's awesome. Get into it. But if you have a question for Dave or myself, start it with a capital Q before you ask it. It tells me that the question is for us. And honestly, it makes it easier for me to find it in chat since I'm not just the host, but I'm also producing this show as well. So now that we know what we're going to be doing today, let's go speak with our distinguished guest. What's up, Dave? How you doing, man? Hey, Gerald, how are you? Great to be here. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad, it's great to have you back. I'm glad you were interested in coming back. And I know uh, the Simply Cyber community enjoyed your last, uh, your last visit. It was a good time. So thank you for being here. Now, great, Dave... I mentioned it in the intro here, and I don't know if you know that. Like earlier today in the news, there was a, a pretty well, uh, not well funded, but like 5,600 businesses in a survey isn't like 10 businesses. And you're like 80%. It's, you know, 5,600 had, uh, of 5,600, 66% had a ransomware incident in 2021, which I found eye-opening and i'm always a kind of guy that like digs into like who funded this report what was the data set you know is there an agenda here and it seemed pretty objective um does that surprise you let me tell you so we we did a ransomware survey much earlier 
uh, it was actually uh, late last year. And late last year, we had about a respondents about 32%. So, so the fact that it's that high is amazing, but I'm not surprised. This is something that has been ratcheted up throughout 2021 and into 2022. And it's definitely going in that way, right? Uh, which I think is, mm-hmm. is, is really kind of pretty critical. Yeah, well, and it's no surprise, and that's why we're going to be talking about Conti today. It seems like it's a, <laughs> it's like a cash register that um, you know the the shopkeeper's gone away for the day, and and you can just get in there. So since we're focusing on Conti, let's level set. And Dave, why don't you tell us like who or what is Conti, so we understand for the rest of the show what we're actually talking about. So what, what's amazing in doing research for 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 this show is as time has gone on, we usually refer to the actual campaign. So Conti is actually a campaign, right? We used to refer to those campaigns as gangs themselves. But what we're finding is you generally have a criminal organization behind a group of different campaigns. So for example, in the case of Conti, the group's called Wizard Spider is the name that's been given to them. They're out of St. Petersburg, Russia. And they're not only responsible for Conti campaign, but TrickBot, which started as a banking Trojan and also does ransomware, as well as Rook, uh, which started about 2018 and is still here today. And of course, Conti, which is what they're most famous for. What's interesting about all three of these campaigns, they're still around. So the concept is it's almost like, let's say you and I are, are master criminals. You know, we're on, on, a, on Breaking Bad, you know, cybersecurity, mm-hmm. you know, cyber, cyber, cyber crime version of Breaking Bad. And you, I, you and I are bad guys. It's almost as if we spun up one group to work for us, then we spun up another group and then another group. So the key is, is that this group, Wizard Spider, has a lot of experience, a lot of background, and Conti is the most uh, most popular one that they have, is the most recent one they have. And the, the other thing that kind of separates them from a lot of other groups are they're very concerned about being secure. And I know we had Conti leaks and things like that, but what we find is their, their procedures are trying to avoid being that guy. What I mean by that guy is making a fatal flaw. I'll give you two examples. So Evil Corp was one that was really, really popular, really powerful. But what we found was two of the main founders of it, uh, a guy named Maxime Yakubets, nicknamed Aqua, and the other guy who I can't say his name, I, I have trouble pronouncing it, but they call him Tank. Both these people lived large. Uh, uh, Aqua, uh, Maxime Yakubets, had a half million dollar wedding that was in, in the equivalent of Russia's People magazine. They liked to pose with their fancy cars. Tank had a side job being a DJ in the evening. And it kind of led to their downfall. Uh, they're still around, I'm sure. They're doing another campaign probably, right? Uh, another one is, is so either they, they live too high on, on, on the hog and people saw them, or you attack something that gets you really into trouble. So Dark Side is that example. Mm-hmm. Dark Side was, was a campaign but they end up attacking Colonial Pipeline. And if you remember, the Department of Justice came in, seized the, the criminal assets they were using to take, take advantage of it. They even grabbed a good deal of the ransomware money in transit, right? And they even made diplomatic claims to Russia and things like that. And they kind of quieted down and they, 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 that campaign disappeared. So the key is, is that, well, I find what's really interesting with this crime syndicate is they're very good at laying low, right? And not, not making too much waves, but they've done major damage. They've, they've attacked in 50 different countries, about 800 victims on their data leak site. Uh, 60% are in, in North America. Um, and one of the things that kind of also make them interesting is they have their own technical staff to really make things efficient. So for example, 
in the case of the Conti campaign, their ability to encrypt is much faster because they use a proprietary version of AES-256. And so they've learned how to take advantage of that. By the way, that it has 32 logical threads. So it's, it's AES-256, 32 logical threads, and is able to, to encrypt much faster, right? So we think about going to that flashpoint where, where it's game over, they get to it quicker, which is really kind of interesting. Yeah, and you know, you, you say a couple things about you know, one one of the things that I got out of the Conti leaks, and I, and just for chat's awareness, like I did some research this week and prep for this show yeah. around Conti leaks, and one of the most alarming, you know, from a from a defender's perspective, uh, observation was that, like you say, like the 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 groups that are big and flashy, like Evil Corp, yeah, they're successful, but they're going to get caught. Conti has over like at one point they had over a hundred salaried employees. That's a mid-sized business, right guys? That's not seven people operating out of like a, a you know, got the hoodie on and operating out of the basement. They had a hundred employees, but the way that they did it was interesting. So, and this is what makes it scary because they ran it like a business. They had management and then they actually had departments with logical um, yes. roles and each department had managers and they had PMs. And they had metrics and they had, and then if, if, if somebody like, for example, in October of 21, I think there was a coordinated effort by NSA and a couple other uh, agencies to take down TrickBot and TrickBot was one of the um, solutions or whatever, like basically Conti almost kind of like bought the TrickBot organization. Essentially everybody was using it, but Conti almost uses it exclusively now. Right. And when, when TrickBot went down, Conti basically just fired most of their minions and then hired a whole bunch of new ones. Uh, and, and they did it rapidly with that turnaround capability. But from an OPSEC perspective, they're like, all right, we don't know which one of you may have been the mole. So we're just eradicating all of you <laughs> and see you later. Just, so, Justin uh, Gold online has a, has a great analogy. It goes, you know, so Wizard Spider is the mob boss and Conti are the street thugs. And, and, and that's yeah. kind of correct. The idea is, is that you have the, the bosses and they, let's say if this was mafia, you'd have uh, drug drugs, you'd have gambling, you'd have extortion, right? And it's almost like, yeah, your wizard spiders is, is the, the cartel, the mob bosses, and they have these different campaigns. And as, as you know, Gerald, as you said, they also are getting to the point where they're being so clever is we're not sure who the mole is, we'll get rid of you, we'll hire new people. Yeah. So what we're seeing is we're seeing you know, a situation where, where uh, it's really kind of fascinating. And on that Conti leaks, let's talk about that for a second. So mm-hmm. when Russia attacked Ukraine, uh, they, uh, the people who behind the campaign uh, for Conti came out with a pro-Russia statement. Uh, and what happened was, is if you understand Russia and Ukraine, it's kind of like Canada and the United States. They're interrelated and everyone has relatives living on the side of the border and things like that. And uh, it's very sad what's going on uh, there right now. And so, in fact, the ecosystem for Conti included a lot of Ukrainian developers. And whether they were uh, Russian descent or Ukrainian descent, it didn't matter. When they were attacked, they felt for Ukraine. And so when they made the statement, they leaked their Jabber uh, files, over 6,000 chat messages. And this is where we get those really kind of interesting information about how they run like a business, HR, admin, coders, researchers. You know, uh, people get, you know... uh, money if they help uh, force the victims to pay, right? Things like that. 
uh, middle yeah. management, and, and even even COVID frustrations. Apparently, there was all sorts of things on COVID frustrations about, hey, I, I'm sick, I'm working from home today, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's really a business. I, I mean, I, I regularly joked about how, you know, the malware uh, authors are like complaining about the PM uh, missing their deadlines and, uh, and like, you know, the sales guys about trying to get affiliates to push the malware aren't hitting their quarterly numbers. So they're not going to get their bonus. Like, you know, the, the, the ho-hum uh, grind of a nine to five, except they're criminals, you know? Yeah. So it, yeah. it, it's, it is wildly interesting. And just as a fun fact, I guess like one of the taskmasters that was like a higher up, uh, you know, I guess in wizard spider, uh, his code name is Stern, which yes. I, which I yeah. found uh, wildly appropriate, <laughs> right? Very, very stern with his his worker bees. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really kind of fascinating. Uh, Jess Bishop writes this stuff is incredibly fascinating. I would love to research these groups for a career. That's why I'm in this career. I mean, this stuff is so fascinating, uh, and and taking it. And we're going to learn. We're going to talk about that today. In fact, with some of the things we're going to go to, besides showing you how to test and things like that, we're going to get mm-hmm. into how you research these things, understand the indicators of compromises and TTPs and how they work and stuff like that. And that's a hugely valuable skill. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great segue, Dave. Uh, I do have some MITRE attack uh, tabs up if, if we need them, but like, let's talk about Conti and their TTPs, the glorious TTPs. I I, I put TTT here. It should be TTP. That that was (laughs) my mistake, but, uh, but anyways, let's talk TTPs. So I'm going to, I'm going to share my, my, my screen here. I have some, some stuff up. Share screen. Okay, got it. Share screen. And we're going to go with this one here. All right. And you guys see it? Tell me if you guys no, see yeah, it. Yeah, but it'll, it'll come up. Uh, move All your right. screen. All right. There you go. You ready? So, so here we are. You guys see it? All yeah. right. So, so first things first, I, I have a few funny slides up. Uh, we talked about you don't want to be that guy, right? You either attack something that you get the whole U.S. federal government and, and other law enforcement agencies on your back, nor do you want to live large. Uh, the, the example I used was evil corporations. So Max, Maxime Yakovets, you see him here on the uh, FBI's most wanted uh, list here. He, he, he used to go around in, in uh, very fancy, expensive cars. Uh, I love the fact that his, his, uh, his wedding was a, a, you know, a national event in Russia, you know, in People Magazine, like how, how lovely it is, how glamorous it is. And then his, his associate, which you see right here, Turashev. I should have been able to say Turashev. That's actually not as hard as I think it is. Igor Turashev, also known as Tank, uh, is the one that does DJing. And there used yeah. to be a picture, Gerald, of him DJing, and I can't find it anymore. It was so funny. Like, you know, him sitting there, you know. But anyway, you All don't right. want to with people. But let's get Which, into... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Getting into you know, indicators of compromises and TTPs, the kind of things that are important is in the day-to-day basis, you'll pick up an article and I'll say, hey, listen, this is happening. And here's the research. So you go to the research and then doing such, you'll get all the valuable information. So indicators are compromised. And we're going to show you this when we do some testing. Things that they're using, right? Whether it be hashes of of the toolkits, other things they push down. Uh, It also is URLs and IP addresses. And then TTPs, you know, tactics, techniques, and procedures are how they take advantage of things, right? And MITRE attack framework, which we're going to get into a little bit, is a great way of a single language of explaining things. So if you think about this, as a, as a researcher, your job is going to be twofold. One is to talk to your coworkers and to solve the problems of these attacks. You're going to use the MITRE attack framework to explain how something works. And then another thing you're going to do is for those executives, you're going to learn to summarize it as business risk, right? 
this is a problem for the following reason, right? And they're not, they're not, not so big on DLLs or, you know, uh, side DLL loading, loading or, or various ways of, of grabbing password files and things like that. They're oh my like, God. If you say DLL side loading to an executive, they're literally going to just put their <laughs> hand on your forehead and push you out of the room. <laughs> yes. And, and, and one of the things that's kind of important for me and I, last week, I, I was really blessed. I went to my high school for the first time since I graduated in 1987 and <clears throat> spoke to two different classes of kids who are interested in, in cybersecurity. And it was so much fun. And the thing I told them is, is kind of really true is, is my, my background has been being able to explain to other people in the field and explain it to the higher level for people who are executives. And that's really kind of important. And I'd argue that, you know, even if you're just starting out in cybersecurity, you start out by, by knowing how to do that. It's really kind of important, which is really neat. So let's let's talk a little bit more about how uh, we look at this, this, this group, how Conti moves and things like that. So first things first, there's reconnaissance, right? And they spend a lot more money than other people in getting into things like paying off insiders to give me VPN credentials, to give me access. They have affiliates. So if you think about it, this is like if, if the, the you have the bosses and the middle middlemen, they also have people in the field that they'll pay a fee to help out, right? Hey, listen, I found I found access to this one, one company, right? I did some reconnaissance out on the web and their web servers are vulnerable. Or I have a bunch of their exchange passwords. You can get in and they still work. You can actually send emails as if you're inside the company. So they- yeah. They, they yeah, do and, 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 and Dave, can I just jump in really quick here? Please. One one of the really interesting things that I discovered about this is most organizations will buy um, on the dark web compromised credentials, right? Like secondhand, you buy bulk compromised credentials. And Conti actually, because they have 100 employees, they have a department for going and getting those creds. So it's kind of an yeah. in-house operation. Yes. And and it's, it's really kind of fascinating. So from there, what they do is they're big on phishing emails with Excel spreadsheets with macros enabled. And so the key here, and by the way, one of the things I did, we had a, a 2021 insights report looking at all, so we were an offensive testing company. Our, our customers did over a million tests last year of all the day-to-day -day changing indicators or compromises and TTPs. And what we found is you really need to disable office macros. Most of us don't use office macros for anything anymore. Uh, and in fact, Windows is, is going to get rid of it. But the key is, is that that was probably the biggest thing uh, that we saw was that they, they were very big on using Excel spreadsheets, you know, and, you know, salaries. Here's that report you asked for, things like that. And people would open up. And then what they would do is, is use an ICE ID dropper file. So what is an ICE ID dropper file? A dropper file, it loads on the machine, right? And it's able to do a number of things, uh, you know, find out system information, what antivirus is running. Uh, it has a way of figuring out, you know, IP config all to figure out what, what IP address it is. Look, pulls up the system info, what system it is. Net view all, see what, what it's connected to, right? It goes through and tries to see if it can do executive actions, right? So if it can pop a PowerShell and, and, and a C prompt. Uh, it puts in things that bypasses UAC, which is Windows Defender and things like that. And other types of, of initial Windows utility and says, okay, talk to the C2. So what I've done is, is C2 is the command and control structure, right? So what I pulled up in GitHub, someone has a sample ICE ID file, right? 
You see here, you can see what it's going through, explains what the extensions are. There's the DLL, you know, call, do a PHP call, right? Set environmental paths, right? And go ahead, get to the, get to the C2 traffic. So this one is kind of a, a, a mild one compared to the ones that they use at Conte. But the key is, is that you get an idea what these files look like. Mm -hmm. It's all readily available out there on the internet and stuff like that. Easy to learn and stuff like that. From here, the next thing they do is deploy a Cobalt Strike Beacon. A Cobalt Strike Beacon is actually, it was originally open source, and now it's also for sale. And you actually taught me something I thought was really funny. I thought they were using the open source version of Cobalt Strike, but you told me something really interesting. Why don't you explain it to the crew? Yeah, so guys, Cobalt Strike is a, it's essentially a post-exploitation framework that's very powerful, and it's literally designed for professional pen testers and red teamers. It's designed for good. Well, because of its power, Cobalt Strike doesn't just, it's not like you can go to Staples and buy Cobalt Strike. You have to go to Cobalt Strike. You have to explain who you are. They get validated and vetted. So, but, but Conti wants Cobalt Strike because it's so powerful, but they want feature upgrades and updates and support and all that crap. So how do they get it? They literally gave a company $30,000 and said, hey, here's, here's another 30 grand to buy Cobalt Strike. Here's 30 for your troubles. Go get it and then bring us the licenses. And they like basically hit around the corner and peered around the corner as you know, this, this shell company went into Staples and bought Cobalt Strike. So that's how they got a fully featured production grade Cobalt Strike instance. Which is really kind of fascinating. And, and yeah. the key here, yeah. you see- They're professional. That's the thing, Dave. They, they are, are professional. They don't cut corners. They're not, it's not slappy time over there, you know? <laughs> and the, the, the thing is to get an idea of what, what this toolkit can do um, is to go through and, and look at some of the community kits. And again, they're not the community. They're not actually the, the, the for pay version. But the community version, you can see, you know, LSAS dumper, right? Grabbing credentials and trying to understand what the credentials are, right? How do you want to create a new C2 profile? You know, uh, all sorts of, of, of various things that you want to do and test in the environment, right? And the idea is, is this is how they get in and begin to move laterally, right? Going from that, that beachhead and saying, okay, I want to take advantage of Active Directory. Can I escalate privileges? What can I do, right? And from there... You know, the idea is to get to the point where they own Active Directory, they could push out an update to everything in the environment and kill it, right? Uh, encrypt everything, right? So that's what they're trying to do. And this, this toolkit really helps them with that. Beyond this, what they also do is load two different kinds of backdoors. And again, commercial software. They have two help desk packages that they load to give themselves dashboard of all the stuff that they've compromised and be able to remote access in. And there's two kinds, right? Because the idea is, you know, God forbid something happens, you want to be able to get in. If they, if they catch one of them, they don't catch the other one. So there's Atera as one uh, and Splashtop as the other, right? And so from, you know, the beginning of, of hitting the dropper file, doing some initial reconnaissance on the device, what they what they have, and going back and loading the, the full Cobalt, Cobalt Strike. And then from there, you know, gaining access even further and sending up two back doors, they're in a great position then to go ahead, exfiltrate the data. Mm-hmm. And and uh, then encrypt everything and, and set the people up for for to to uh, say hey you gotta pay me <clears throat> stuff like that. Yeah, it's really fascinating. It's incredibly fascinating, and and just to um, chime on top of this or to give some more color to it. So yeah, they exfiltrate the data, right? 
they are one of the early adopters. I couldn't find any other organization that had been doing a prior <coughs> of the double extortion technique. And this is like standard issue now. They they siphon off all your data and then they encrypt all your data and they say, okay, the 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 key is gonna cost X, which we'll get into in a second. And if you want us to not leak your data to public, you can pay us another fee. So it's like it's like it's two service offerings that they're trying to sell you on. And you could right. buy none, you could buy both because they were finding that organizations were getting better at uh, recovery. And, you know, they were like, yeah, like they were starting to lose money as far as people wanting to pay the ransom. So they had to come up with another business model. Now, um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, and that's really kind of important is, is that, you know, we, we hear all these, these disaster stories of people being totally out of business for a long period of time. Most businesses today, Ransomware, as you said, is it's actually double when we did our research just you know six months prior. It's become such top of mind for business executives and boardrooms. People are getting uh, backups, and this is important: backups that they can restore quickly. Mm -hmm. They're getting cold storage backups in case the the cloud backups are, are, are compromised. They're starting to learn that you know this is an EDR era, right? If you if you if you're just using antivirus gone and that EDR needs to be more than just on the endpoints it's be on the servers they're learning about least privilege and we'll get into this when we do the demo in a bit yeah so I can tell you is that there's certain things low-hanging fruit that people are taking advantage of so the, the, the key is being able to to have that that whole idea of, of extortion on top of it is also kind of critical for them because you're right because people are getting that they, they are adapting and, and again what we're seeing is people who started with you know bank credential theft who moved to ransomware to affiliate-based ransomware are now mm -hmm. relevant extortion has to be part of it. Yeah, and, and a couple of things I want to touch on really quick in chat. So uh, Brian Peak uh, looks like I, I'm I'll assuming. Just just... Yeah, he <laughs> they must use Splashtop or Altera or whatever at his work. It, it doesn't mean that that remote management software is compromised. Like Conti is using it legitimately the way it's designed. It's just yes. they're using it for nefarious intent. So. Yes. Now, now the thing is, your your strategy for defending from Conti can't be that you don't allow Altera and Splashtop on your network that because they can switch to log me in or Team Viewer just as easy. So and twenty other that, ones, like, correct. yeah. So yeah. so Brian, uh, rest <laughs> easy, my friend. Okay, well, don't rest easy. Don't rest easy. Well, but, I mean, but, but the key is the key is I think what's important is that anxiety that he has there is valid because the point is you have regular users. Regular users shouldn't be able to install software, uh, open a PowerShell, open a command prompt, get to a control panel. There's certain things they shouldn't be able to do, right? And mm -hmm. That's the least privilege. But you still have in your environment, you're always going to have the power users and the administrators. And how you handle them, how you handle remote access, how you handle even things like your, your JIRA, right? I can tell you, I, I've been at many companies where the Jira page had the, the root user and login pass, password. And in some cases, if there was, if there was a, a two-factor authentication with a certificate, had the certificate, right? And yeah, you think right. about if someone gets access to that page, oh my God, right? So, this, so the key is there really is, a, for, for power users and remote access, there really is a need to do multi-factor authentication, secrets, logging this pervasively to make sure there's no other kind of elevations that are correct. There's all sorts of things that, that when you think about this, if this is what they're doing to be successful, that we need to defend against.
which is quite fascinating. Yeah. Privileged access management is a tough nut to crack, but it's definitely uh, one of the top things that you could do uh, easily to, to help your organization. It's just really, really hard to do, especially because when you're trying to control the access of IT admins, those people who know better than, than you, um, it's, it's tough to wrangle in that, uh, not have the domain admin be the everyday driver. Now, really quick, one thing you mentioned, Dave, I just want to touch on it because I do think it's valuable. Um, guys, Dave is from a company called Simulate, right? And Simulate makes a product, which Dave could probably say it better, but basically you put it on your network and it allows you to uh, simulate offensive behaviors and stuff like that. And we're going to look at that in a second. I've used the product. I like the product, okay? But he mentioned a report that they did, and this is why I, I even prefaced what Simulate is. So they did this report. Now, normally, as I've always uh, say on streams, like vendors typically write reports uh, or commission reports to uh, bend. So like, you know, a company that makes email gateways is going to write a report that finds 99% of all cyber attacks start with email, right? So there's always a bias. What's interesting about this report right here is that it's basically based on all the telemetry that they're getting from their clients' environments, right? Anonymized, right. of course, but it's right. based on raw data and objective data. And for me, I, that's what I like. I don't, I don't like bias, subjective agenda data. So you had mentioned one thing about this report. Is there anything else about this report that you'd want to share? Just because I'll put a link in chat. I mean, it's free to download sure. and it's based on objective data. So it's cool. So the key is, and, and, and I know we haven't talked about my title. Some people go to LinkedIn and find it. My title is, is director, comma, cyber evangelist. So pe people go, what the heck is a cyber evangelist? And you talk about, I, I think I saw a question out there. Kareem had next generation jobs and stuff. There, there wasn't an evangelist two years ago, right? Uh, and, and and by the way, I will play Justin. I will play Threat Gen Red Blue. I want to do that. that yeah. Really I'll, I actually I'll, saw uh, that. I'll go. I actually saw that an episode. I thought that was really kind of cool. Yeah, I'll take you on, Dave. I'll go yeah. Hulk on you. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. But, but, uh, but the key is, is that what that is, is for my company and for most cybersecurity companies, there's a need to be a thought leader. It's not just to be a cheerleader for your product. It's not like, hey, listen, you need iPhone right now. <laughs> it's the idea of you need to explain what's going on. And this report really takes that into consideration. And because I'm looking at a million tests that my customers were doing, I was able to show here's how hackers are able to get in the environments and take advantage of things that are difficult to get better at. Here's where our customers did really well getting better at. And by the way, based on all this objective data, here's the takeaways for 2022. So the, the key is we're really, this is a thought leadership piece and trying to understand. I encourage everyone to, 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 to watch it and, 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 uh, and read it. Uh, and that's really the kind of stuff that I like to do. And, and in companies today, there are people who do that like myself. I have a newscast I do every week where I talk about the news of the day. And of course, if, I'm, if there's offensive testing that you could do, I'll mention that. But the point is I'm also giving the news of the day. Yeah. I dropped a link to this report in, at least in YouTube chat. I can't drop it on LinkedIn, Twitch, or Twitter. Uh, not, I think that the, like, the combined 0.75 of people who are watching on Twitter and Twitch don't care. And um, LinkedIn people, just come over to the YouTube. The, the experience is better on YouTube, so come over here. But I dropped a link there so people can download it, Dave. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So absolutely. we could do the demo or we'll talk some more. We'll get some answers some questions first. What do you think? Yeah, we could ask some questions, answer some questions. So first of all, really quick, I want to give a shout out to Matthew uh, Gilbo for the uh, squad sub. I got, I got, 
I got a new soundboard, Dave, so I can do I this. Love that. Matthew, thank you so much. <laughs> I need one of um, them. Oh, this thing's a game changer. It's 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 out of control. Like I got Mario coins coming out out everywhere. All right. So Jess wants to know how do you keep yourself safe as a as essentially a threat researcher in, in the subject matter? So how do you keep yourself safe? Yeah. So the, the key thing is is that by by doing the research and learning attacker best practices, you're becoming well-versed in what they take advantage of. And we do the offensive testing demo, you'll, you'll see some of this. And you, you, be, you become knowledgeable in, okay, least privilege. My standard users shouldn't be able to install software without having a username, a, a different username and password. They shouldn't be able to, to open macros. We're not using macros here. You learn that list of, of TTPs and IOCs that you see attackers do and you learn how to defend against them better because you're researching these things. Some of the things that, that are important, obviously, are uh, you still have to have good uh, hygiene when you're researching. So, for example, let's say someone on Twitter puts a link. Just like anything else, that could be a spear phishing link. It could be a situation like, hey, listen, here's, here's the bulletin board for the latest you know, XYZ gang. And they're saying this smack, right? we got to make sure that you are using a virtual machine that you, you set up just for that research and look at it, right? That it's isolated from everything else. Uh, you know, you open a tour browser, you got to know where you're going and things like that. So th there's, there's, there's things that you learn just like you would as a regular user that you need to do to make sure you're safe. Right? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be a situation where you're that person where you're doing some research and you download malware to your machine and it gets the whole place infected, right? You need to have a air gap network between yourself and the enterprise. when you are doing some of these research and things like that. Fortunately, uh, it's a little bit better today than it used to be. There's a lot more reputable sources where you can go get information, stuff like that, without even having to go to those other things, which is very good. Great, great question. Yeah, it totally is a great question. I agree 100% with you. It's like, it's kind of the difference between like static and dynamic malware analysis. Like you can, you can, you can get as deep or go down the rabbit hole and expose yourself to additional risk as much as you want. So I would say to Jess, you know, walk slowly, uh, deliberately down the path as you become better at it. I mean, you can, like you said, you can go to Malway Bazaar and pull down malware samples and look at them and stuff like that. You, If you operate on a network, you can see uh, threat actor activity and stuff like that and start figuring out before you go down to the dark web and start getting on um, like forums and stuff like that hosted by the threat actors. Um, that that gets pretty, pretty gnarly pretty quickly. Um, so Dave, as a as a cyber evangelist, you know this is a good question right up your alley. Kareem's asking about you know where's the next gen of careers, and I wanted to get to that question very much. Kareem, great question. So the beauty is, uh, when I started, when I one of the questions the kids asked me at my high school was, how, how did you get into you know how'd you get into this you know and and I said well you know when I was doing this when I graduated from college there wasn't this thing as cybersecurity right and and I talked to the evolution how I got into it today. The really cool thing about the evolution of careers and, and things like that, I think there's several things that occur. Number one, from when I started to now, cybersecurity is paramount because IT is paramount to every industry. Uh, I've, I have a good friend of mine who runs a candy and nut store chain in Philadelphia. He has like five stores, a distribution center. And when I met him for the first time uh, in uh, what was a long time ago, uh, he, he said something like, I hate computers. But today... His business has ERP system, has an automa automated inventory reloading system, 
his trucks have GPS to maximize gas and the orders and stuff like that. They have a, a third party payment system, third party security cameras. And so he laughs about the fact of how much he's, he's IT and cybersecurity dependent. It's true for everyone in the world today. So I think cybersecurity will continue to be extremely important. How it's different today is I say there's a need for much more diversity in the field today than ever before, because the key is the fact that it's so business critical, right? If, if you look at risks business face, including earthquakes and natural disaster and war, cyber risk is above all of that. And so the key is there, there's positions in policy and risk management in legal and insurance and policy on top of all the other the cybersecurity uh, field, uh, normal traditional fields as well. So it's a situation where it really is something you can go into and say, hey, listen, I love uh, threat management and coding and this is, this is I'm going to go this way. Or you could even go somewhere totally different. So I, I'd argue that, that today, if you look in the future, is a much wider perspective of careers in, in, in cybersecurity. Another thing I'd also mention to the crew, I know everyone here is interested in this kind of stuff, is people often say, what do you need to get into the field? I think it's really kind of important to say that I know a lot of people are like, well, I need to get my CISSP first, or I need to get the certification first. I am not a certification person. I think you should get those eventually, but for me is jump in. And there's, there's such a shortage of cybersecurity staff. It is definitely something where if you have just some basic computer skills, and some background, you can really start in the career and see if you like it. Um, and that's really kind of important. And again, it's a big river. You might find the current takes you this way or this way, or you may get out and go to another river. But the key, the key is, is that to just jump in. Yeah. And I, I would, I would say, you know, as cloud continues to be uh, the main platform for businesses, they're, they're mostly all going up there. Cloud's a great area. If you're more of a technical person and, I'm telling you right now, like I just happen to be really uh, savvy about GRC, but as more and more organizations are becoming more and more aware of cybersecurity and it's becoming more and more of a standard practice, like having a marketing department or a sales department, like having somebody that represents security for the business, it, that's a GRC function at the end of the day, right? I mean, you will have to do some technical stuff, but GRC is a thing and it's going to continue to increase. So I think that those are really the areas too, um, that if you wanted to pick something specific. Yeah. Je Jess has a follow-up question. Can, can we, so, so Jess, Jess says, uh, I meant more how to keep yourself physically safe from harm from criminal gangs who don't want really you researching them. So very good question. So, so uh, my, my background, 21 plus years in cybersecurity. After 9-11, uh, I'm in Philadelphia, but I took a train every morning to New York City and helped shore up security. Uh, on the transit authority of the New York City government and other places uh, inside the city government there, working for McAfee. I then did 10 years uh, of U.S. federal work, including uh, for Secretary of Defense, two presidents, and a bunch of very interesting projects. So I've had situations where, where I definitely had, had uncovered things that I felt, oh, am I going to be okay? The key is, is that for the most part, uh, the positive about this is if you're in the U.S., it's difficult for them to get a hold of you and get you, right? Uh, if I was living in a former Eastern European country, if I was living in Russia or China, uh, absolutely, that would be a much different situation. But, for, but from the U.S., uh, generally, you're, you're doing okay. And even in Europe, you're pretty much doing okay outside of the, the, the China and the Russian sphere of influence. Um, and the key is there's a lot of researchers now 
Um, and so uh, I think it's, it, it's, you know, you have to be careful, of course, right? You have to watch your personal identity and your personal privacy and things like that. Uh, you should have credit monitoring software, right? To make sure no one's messing with your credit uh, and stuff like that. But I, I think it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually, you're okay. You, you'll be doing fine, right? Um, you think about uh, Krebs, right? Krebs, mm -hmm. a few famous people. There's times that ransomware gangs talk smack about these people. You know, Brian Krebs, he's, he's full of crap, right? You know, uh, but in some ways, which is kind of really weird, they kind of like the attention, which is, I don't know. So I, I think it's okay. Right? I, I think, um, you know, and again, it, the higher up you get in the field, you will be brought into things with FBI and, and you know, certain things like that. And it, it, there is situations where you are put at harm's way, you'll be warned uh, by law enforcement. Like, hey, in this situation, why don't we make, why don't we make the claim that you make the claim, right? That kind of thing. Why don't we put out the arrest warrant and not say where we got it, right? So in situations where it does get to the point where you, you are worried, often law enforcement at that point will say, hold on a second, like Jess, hold on a second, Jess, we're going to make the claim, not you. Uh, and for the following reasons, to keep you safe. Stuff like that. Good question. Yeah, no, it, that was really great detail, uh, Dave, and and definitely pulling from your experience. I will say one thing specifically to Conti that I find funny, a funny observation, and I think it 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 it's relevant in this case. So one of the things that came out of the Conti leaks also was that um, the only like as good as they are for being a criminal enterprise and making hundreds of millions of dollars they are really bad at workflow management and tracking, <laughs> right? So I'm yeah. just thinking like they, they, they are like delinquent on paying bills, VPN, like they, they are a business. They have IT infrastructure that needs to be paid for. And there's multiple communications of people being like, hey, can you send me like your 45 days past due, like, or software getting shut off, right? Like we talked about the Altera splash top cobalt strike. Like you have to pay the bills. You can't just be like, oh, we're evil. So you'll just not cut it off. So having said all that, if you were an individual researcher kind of prying in there a little bit, like they may not even know how to, like, they may not even notice, they may not know, even know how to handle responding and stuff like that. So uh, I would be more concerned if I was one of these minions that gets hired in and then fired thinking like, oh crap, like I probably know more than I should about this operation and I no longer work there. So I'm disincentivized to keep my mouth shut. Um, you know, so I'd be a little bit more concerned if I was one of those people. But again, even for those, those different crime syndicates or, or cartels or gangs, for these criminals, this is their, their, their livelihood, right? So let's say, let's say I'm working for Conti and I take time off without asking and I get fired. I'm going to go find, I'm going to find another group to work for. So in some ways it kind of causes it to continue, right? Because if I'm mm -hmm. by myself, I'm, 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 I'm scared. I'm in Russia. I'm scared. I'm gonna go find another criminal gang to work for, and they'll protect me, right? So there, there's that kind of there's that kind of aspect too. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about the yeah. like the gang protection type thing. It's like jail. Yeah, yeah. and and Spastic eight nine six seven has a great question. Okay, uh, let's see what he's got. Uh, I see that he was talking smack about Krebs. Dr. Oh no, no. The house. This, he has one. I think it's odd that Conti is split geopolitically. Oh oh oh. Okay, yeah yeah yeah. So let like, me answer that. So so. Back when I did um, the ransomware survey for my company about six months ago, I interviewed a number of people uh, and I called it the ransomware interviews. And I interviewed a former CIA veteran 
who won their top award. Um, and I totally got into this. I got into the fact that, hey, it's kind of Russia. It's kind of nation state. It's kind of not. And there's also Ukrainians. What's going on? And what he was saying is, is again, the idea of Russia and Ukraine, they're separate countries, but they're interconnected. And they also have the same kind of talents, which is they have a lot of technical talents, a lot of computer talents and stuff like that. And the economies of both are kind of a little depressed and people need to work, right? So it's actually very, uh, it's very realistic to think that, you know, the idea in Russia, they're outsourcing to Ukraine a little bit, right? Uh, and what they were doing. And so when this war hit in the Ukraine, it really split them, right? It's why we had the Conti leaks, because basically they had Ukrainians working with them. Uh, and they were like, we're not going to take this, right? We're, we're not going to back Russia on this. So it actually... It shows you how Russia was really foolish to attack Ukraine. Uh, and in fact, if you remember, the Russian troops were told they were on, a, on an exercise, that they weren't going to invade Ukraine until they were in Ukraine, because the point was Russians would be like, I'm not attacking my neighbor. Right? And stuff like or, that. or they tip them off. Or tip them off. Right. Right. So it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of really interesting that way. You know? it, re it really is. It really is. So let's take it back to Conti, because like we've been talking very... Uh, yes high level meta theory and it's been wonderful but everybody enjoys a good tech demo so let's go for let's, it. let's take a look at <laughs> like one of the things that we teased at the beginning is how can you protect yourself from conti right well and this is part of the reason that i like doing this kind of uh technique in my environments is you can put protections in place and you can have recovery and stuff like that but the double extortion technique like you're going to get hosed. So getting as protected and hardened as you can is really, really valuable. But how do you know where your gaps are? And, and honestly, so let's, let's take a look at this, but honestly, you don't know unless you have someone come and pen test you, right? Dr. John, I see Dr. John in chat. You'd have to hire a specialist like him to come in and punch you in the face um, or not punch you, you know, proverbially, proverbially, John, I don't want you to come punch me in the face. Yeah, please. But, no violence, no violence, no, no <laughs> violence, but so, so, let, so uh, Dave, I want to I understand, we talked about the TTPs, but how can they be technically done? And then what would you do to like protect from them? So very important. And, and the fact that, that, that John said you have to hire someone to punch you in the face, the importance <laughs> of the kind of stuff that my company does is it takes, you know, I'll go over here for a second. This is, this is the DFI report. So the latest Conti ransomware understanding comes from this report. And this is the idea of all the indicators or compromises, all the TTPs and IOCs that are seen. Can are you here. send me that URL? This link is awesome. Let me send you this link. Yeah, Perfect. send it to me in the private chat, and then I'll put it in chat. Yeah, for, yeah. And for... so, folks, it, 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 there's a takeaway. Definitely look at this because it, it gives you all of, and it takes it in the MITRE format of execution, persistence, right, privilege escalation. So it really shows you the kind of stuff as a, as a cybersecurity research that you look at, right? The challenge is this. This kind of stuff changes daily, 24-7, 365. So the idea of having someone come in to punch you in the face and do, do third-party testing every day, well, that's not possible, right? So the point is, what you do is people are using breach attack simulation, like what we do, mm -hmm. to continuously test their environment for all these new indicators of compromises and TTPs safe, first off, safely, right? And effectively. And the idea mm -hmm. here is 
in the past, you'd have to have, you know, major, major experience. And then you would code all of this. You would do QA testing. You would do all sorts. So basically the bottom line is to do this, it would take up your, 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 your life, you know, yeah. 24 hours. You'd a have day. to, you'd have to have a department doing it with, with very, very seasoned practitioners. Right. So the, or, or you can use a solution like this, yes. Right, or you do this. And so the key here, this makes it accessible for everyone. But even for the advanced and the elite, this makes it easier to be more comprehensive and to do it in a more thorough fashion. And the idea is, especially with everyone here being you know, interested in, in careers here, it's also made to teach you as you go. Because as we know, not enough people are in cybersecurity, right? And we need to be able to, to teach as we go. And again, this is not a whole demo of the software. We have many videos on that. So I was really going to get into Conti and show you how we do this. And there's different things that you could do when you have things, solutions like this. So number one, there's really three ways that we could test with this software. And the first way we could test is called immediate threats. So this is kind of like the news of the day, you know, the new PTPs uh, and things like that. And so you see that stolen image campaign we were talking about. So the idea as a researcher, you're, you're new to this, you can go ahead and you can pop the link, right, to see Again, that report of all the indicators or compromises, everything that you want to look at, right? You can go in and see, okay, so these tests are looking at my endpoints and looking at my web gateways, right? Okay, so what is it doing exactly? So in the case of immediate threats, I want to test each of these. And what are the indicators of compromise? So you can see there's a DLL file, right? There, there's some URLs and IP addresses and things like this. So the key here is this initial immediate threat is, is it possible in my environment to get by my endpoint security web gateway and to do this in a very safe fashion, right? So I'm not trying to get hurt or, or do anything in a lab. I'm doing it in production to see what I could do. The idea yeah, also- let, let, me, let me just pause for a second and, and point something out. So one of the things I had to wrap my brain around is, hold on, you're running this you're running this in my production environment. That was a big hurdle for me to get over right. personally, but I, I did a bunch of analysis and, and talked to the developers and stuff and got a better understanding. And it, I mean, it's legit. It is, it is the thing. It just goes right up to the edge, peers over, says I, I could have got here and jumped if I needed right. to, and then rolls it back. So just from a technical understanding, that's what's happening here because I'm telling you, I had a tough time wrapping my head around <laughs> operating in prod. Yeah. And, and again, yeah, and that's really kind of important. And then also you have the attack matrix, right? So the idea is you get to see, and again, this is a language you talk to your fellow professionals on. You can see exactly what it's doing. It's, it's doing, it's trying to escalate privileges, right? Schedule a task, do a process injection, laterally move across the environment using admin shares and window shares, right? I'm trying to encrypt the data. You know, I'm doing a PowerShell service execution, all these different things. So you get to see all the stuff that it's trying to do. And if you don't know what something is, you can just click on it and you can see what, what that means. So LSAS memory, if you know what it means, you get the monitor and see what it, exactly it is, right? So the key is, again, it's made so that, that if you're new, you can still kind of do it, right? So beyond this kind of like, well, is it possible, right? Is it possible I'm going to test my environment? There's the next stage and it's still safe. And the next stage uh, we, we call full kill chain. And what full kill chain does, going back to the, the first page for a second, think of it this way. This is like a kill chain, right? You have your, your research or reconnaissance, trying to gather information about a company. Then I may send a phishing email out. It goes through an email gateway, lands on the endpoint, it goes out to download a file, right? So the idea is I want to know how my mitigating controls are in my environment to 
protect myself. And I want to go in a sequential order like an attacker, but still like immediate threats, not being a situation where I damage things, right? So in this situation here, what I could do is a full kill chain assessment. So what I'm going to do here is go into scenarios I go to full kill chain. So I actually have one already set up, which we're going to modify called Conti, right? So I edit. So in here, I'm going to say, I know the techniques of, of, of the Conti campaign. So I'm going to go ahead and create this. Now, as we saw, as we talked about the TTPs, indicators of compromise, Conti campaign, the big thing is an email attachment, a spear phishing attachment. So I'm going to make a spear phishing attachment, right? If I don't know what it is. I can go here and see. So I'm going to say, make an email attachment. As we learned, the number one thing is Excel macros, right? And an Excel spreadsheet. So I'm going to attach that, right? And they have a number of ways that they in inject. One of the biggest ones is PowerShell with the DLL injection, right? So we'll do that. And what they do is they're very big on uh, credential steals and spread with SMB. So we'll do that, right? And there's a stager. If you want to do a stager, but we don't need a stager because they don't use stagers. Go next. Now we're ready to go, right? Now I've already run this uh, to save us some time. So going to reports, what this allows you to do, again, in sequential order. So going to reports here and going to, oh, sorry for a second. Uh, where did I do this? Um, I did this in Book Hill Chain. And you can see I ran it before, right? And I go into it, right? Give me that report. Right. So what you see here is in the full kill chain order, you see it goes through and it stops at the endpoint. So you see the payload, right? The initial file that we talked about and uh, you know, the idea of using the ICE ID, which is what it is. So Excel spreadsheet comes in. It obviously gets past our email gateway. It gets on it gets on the endpoint. I'm able to open PowerShell through the Excel macro, uh, you know, and 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 send it through the email address and 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 actually make it go. And then here, aha, the endpoint stopped it, right? And you see we have an EDR endpoint which is Sentinel one in this situation. So the idea is we're tying into our third-party controls to see what's there, and we're able to see that Sentinel one was able to grab it in all sorts of different ways, right? alerts and events to block it, right? So the key here is it, it tells us, all right, well, maybe we need to work on an email gateway to have it be smarter on the new indicators of compromises that occur all the time and do reputational and behavioral checks as well. Maybe before that payload is downloaded, we want to do a sandbox or something like that, but the EDR is set correctly, right? And so the key here is depending on where you are, you get a whole level of prescriptive information on what you can and cannot do to stop it and things like that. So that's a great example of, again, taking it from an immediate threats to, to full kill chain. Now, the final thing is, if you do want to punch yourself in the face. <laughs> I didn't you mean want to, for that to become a meme, but yeah. <laughs> it's going to become a meme. That's going to become a meme. Uh, if you do want to punch yourself in the face, if you're in a situation where you are in uh, a lab environment, and again, I'm going to go here and show you what a full kill chain of this looks like. You know, it goes on, right? The idea beyond beyond going to that in, in individual right, uh, process and uh, machine, you're also trying to enumerate the whole network and the active directory and encrypt, right? And so the key is, 
here it's, it's done in a safe fashion, but there is a purple team exercise that we have under advanced scenarios. We're able to go ahead and make assessments up. And these assessments are run in the lab where you could sit there and say, I want to see if they can take advantage of our active directory, if they can crawl it, if they can do LSAS to steal a password information, if we don't have appropriate privileges for power users, all these kind of things. So the, the key is we do have the ability, uh, if you need to, to actually do a more comprehensive test in, in a thing where you do want to damage things to see if it's possible, right? But the key is, is that in most situations, people run the other stuff and, and only do this when they are in the situation that they're running a, a special red teaming exercise or purple team exercise in the lab. But you have that ability as well. And that's pretty much a demo. Yeah, I love it. And and just so you know, team, like I, you know, I personally have used this. And one of the cool like ancillary benefits that is not cool tech stuff is that you can like for this example, you can run it and and let's say that the EDR didn't catch it, right? Let's say that you're running um I don't want to put any particular EDR solution on blast. So let's say it's called simply cyber EDR, right? And Conti just cuts through it like a knife through butter, right? You can be like, Hey, this EDR sucks. Like it's not going to catch anything. I need budget to buy a legitimate EDR solution. And, and someone asked it, I think in chat or somebody asked me earlier, maybe it was discord on how you make a compelling case to the business on how to get funding and stuff like that. And, you can pull threat intel and, and news stories and stuff. But if you take uh, like this report and you say, listen, like our current security stack, our current configuration, even if we max everything out, we are not protected from Conti, right? And Conti targets only, they do big game hunting. They target only businesses with a hundred million dollars or more revenue. So like if we're making $400 million revenue, we are a target for Conti. And by the way, like, why can't we afford a, a good EDR solution with $400 million of revenue? But that's a separate issue. But my, my point is, you can use this as compelling uh, objective data to show, listen, we don't have the security. We're not protected. Because like, every CEO asks the or board, are we secure? And it's like, that question is terrible. Like, we're never going to be secure. We're just managing risk, dude. But like, let me show you where we're really gapped and why. And then you can you can use it to make a compelling argument. It's much, I mean, it's legit data. It's whether or not your current setup will work or not. I mean, plus you can use it for yourself to um, configure your environment to be more secure with what you have. But um, anyways, yeah. And, and, just, and by the way, if you look at, you know, Gartner and Forrester and everyone knows that you, you take that with a grain of salt, there, there, are, there are about five EDR vendors, XDR vendors in the top, you know, well, I, it's magic quadrant. And what is it? The, the, the Forester is the wave, right? Yeah, the wave. Yeah. Same thing, right? But in the top quadrant, there's just like five vendors. The key thing is in both both the things. The challenge is, is often it's not only just if you pick in the right one, but also sometimes these top five are great, but the default settings aren't great for you, right? And so, so mm -hmm. often it may not even be a situation where it's the wrong EDR vendor. It might even be, it's just not configured appropriately, right? And so you think about, you know, again, you know, we're, we're, we're making this investment in CrowdStrike and Sentinel One in Cyber Reason or any other EDR vendors, and we spent 1.5 million, right? You know, uh, you do have that executive in the meetings that go, Gerald, you made me spend 1.5 million. You made me spend 1.5 million. Ha ha ha. How do I know I'm secure? And the key is by doing this kind of testing, you can make sure it's, it's set to what you need to do for your. Yeah. 
optimized. And, and I mean, and that's much bigger than Conti because as effective as Conti is today, it could be Hive tomorrow or Revil next week or Dark Side a month yeah. from now, right? Black Cat's taking, doing a lot of stuff right now. So, you know, it, it's more about sound practice than it is about um, securing to a specific attacker, right? So, yeah. Anyways, so that's that's good. Everybody seemed to enjoy the demo. Obviously, I don't know who at Simulate decided dark mode is default, but first of all, I'd like to thank them. Second of all, uh, they should get a raise or a promotion because obviously I'm team dark mode. Me too. Me yeah. too. No, it saves your eyes. It's, it's, it's much more vivid. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. So Dave, we're, we're just over an hour here. So I love giving the guests, as you know, because you've been on the show before, uh, an opportunity to kind of have a big outro. Uh, I'll give you the floor and uh, you share share with with folks what you'd like. Excellent. So so really in a nutshell, I, I really enjoyed being here today. You know, learning about this particular ransomware campaign really shows us, you know, how the kind of challenges we have to face uh, in, in, in dealing with gangs like this. But again, it's possible. And we're st really starting to understand how they work and how what their best practices are. And being able to test our environment with their best practices safely is probably the best way to, to really inform ourselves where our risk is, what we need to do better, what we need to optimize in our security controls. You know, that testing is critical. And I, I enjoy being here. I, I look forward to being here again. Yep, you're, you'll definitely be invited back. So uh, de definitely appreciate it, Dave. Let me send you off to the green room while I, I, I tickle the fancies of the Simply Cyber community here. Thanks, Dave. All right, guys. So just a reminder, obviously, for those of you, oh, wait, hold on. What are we doing, Jerry? For those who don't know. So we, we've got a couple things to tease, right? I want to thank you, uh, our wonderful guest, Dave Klein of Simulate for sharing his knowledge and experience. And I also really want to thank each of you uh, in chat for your engagement and presence. I know it was, uh, it was a quick hour. I agree a hundred percent, but totally awesome info. Great questions. Um, appreciate the uh, proverbial punch in the face, Dr. John. Uh, be sure to catch uh, live cybersecurity threat briefings every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for more cybersecurity expert interviews with awesome guests like Dave every Thursday at 4.30 p.m. You can see the card here is uh, the first things first threat briefing. So we've got a couple streams going, uh, but the first things first will be tomorrow at 8 a.m. if you want to dive in. You can go to simplycyber.io slash streams to get uh, more information for all the details on the upcoming shows, be able to click right on it and, and jump in there. Obviously, thumbs up and subscribe. All that action is always well appreciated. You've been watching Simply Cyber Live. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you. Where's my outro? There it is.